This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. We're in Joshua and chapter 5. When all the Amorite kings across the Jordan to the west and all the Canaanite kings near the sea heard how the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, they lost heart and their courage failed because of the Israelites. Just a quick comment there. Wouldn't it be wonderful if somehow uh, God's people uh, were so faithful to him uh, and they experienced his wonders amongst them in such a way that the word got out there. Uh, And a lot of the battles that we have to face, and they're not head-on battles for most of us, but the battles are out there, uh, the way culture is declining, increasingly godless, not just godless, but opposed to God and anything that's good, actually. I wouldn't it be great if their hearts kind of failed, trembling before the greatness of God? I think we'd get some inroads into that and get some people rescued from it. It's destroying people's lives. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelite men again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelite men at Gibeath Haraloth. This is the reason Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness along the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out were circumcised, None of the people born in the wilderness along the way were circumcised after they had come out of Egypt. For the Israelites wandered in the wilderness forty years until all the nations, men of war, who came out of Egypt had died off because they did not obey the Lord. So the Lord vowed never to let them see the land he had sworn to their fathers to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Joshua raised up their sons in their place. It was these he circumcised. They were still uncircumcised since they had not been circumcised along the way. After the entire nation had been circumcised, I bet you're getting tired of hearing that word, aren't you? They stayed where they were in the camp until they recovered. The Lord then said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from you. Therefore that place has been called Gilgal to this day. So for us, as we read this, this is something that happened. There was disobedience, we know that. Uh, And because of it, the Lord said, you're not entering into the land. Enough's enough. Let a new generation raise up. Now, I think there is a principle there, actually, uh, that sometimes God's people, they've had a lot. These people, they've had a lot. Uh, let's, Let's not forget that God provided for them daily. They didn't have to work for it. He just provided for them. The manna that came from heaven, uh, supernatural food. Uh, they, in spite of the wandering, they actually did very, very well. Uh, and God blessed them. Uh, there were miraculous things that have not been seen before or since. Remarkable things. And yet there they were grumbling. Uh, what a terrible thing. And so God said, enough's enough. Let's have a new generation. So think about that. Uh, Where do we stand in that? I 
are we amongst the people that are moving forward, obeying the Lord? Are we, or are we people that look back? Because that's what they did. They look back. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. So this is not really about circumcision. Uh, of course, it was for the guys that were circumcised. It's not really about circumcision. It's about unfinished business. What had happened uh, that God miraculously had opened the waters of the Jordan up so they came through on dry, dry ground. So they're in the land that God had promised, but they're not yet ready to fight. Uh, they are not yet ready to take the land that God had given them, all the bounty of the land which was theirs, but they were not ready for it. They were not ready to settle it. There was unfinished business. Uh, and in this case, the unfinished business, it was this issue of circumcision. Now, it doesn't tell us why they weren't. So I, I think it's okay just to think about that for a moment uh, and to uh, just explore a little bit of maybe some of the reasons why they weren't circumcised. Because it does set the scene. Uh, and it gives us something to really think about. It was part of their heritage, circumcision. It was part of what God had told them to do. It was, it was part of their covenant background. I, they ought to have done it. So what happened? Well, clearly, the families, because they were responsible for having their newborn babies, eight days old, circumcised. Their responsibilities, however, it done. But it didn't. So perhaps they had taken all the goodness of God for granted. And, and they, they had just taken it. They had the manner. They'd seen miraculous events. And they had taken it so much for granted that they started grumbling. What a terrible attitude. God was there with them. They didn't even have to go shopping for new clothes. It's, it's amazing if you think about it. It was a period of time of miraculous provision for daily life. They lacked nothing. It was all of God's doing, and yet, somehow, they had neglected to what God had said they should do so their eyes were not focused on him their eyes were focused somewhere else they were focused to some extent in being dissatisfied that's where they were at oh, we'd never accomplish anything for God if we're dissatisfied in that way you know there is a kind of healthy dissatisfaction that says thank you Lord uh, for all the good things that you have done but I want to go the way of the more. I, I want the fullness of the land that is ahead. Now, that's, that's a proper kind of dissatisfaction. The other one is miserable. It is self-centered. It is ungrateful. It's just downright grumbling. So when their focus is then that, it's definitely not in what God has said they should do. So maybe that's one reason. I think for many of them, another reason was that they still had slavery mentality. 
there was, there was a part of them that still lived in the slavery of Egypt. Now that means that they looked at their history and they redefined it for whatever reason. They hankered back uh, for the things that they had in Egypt. Well, really, what did they have in Egypt? Nothing of any benefit. But it's funny how people can do that. They can look back uh, and everything changes. Because they are dissatisfied now, then uh, they have to find reason to go back and say, well, it was great then, you know. Uh, that was a big deal for them, actually. They had not left their slavery mentality behind. So they had, as we, we looked at last week when we looked at the whole issue of building these memorial stones together, they had altered history. I, many people are really good at that. They look to the past, they look to something there. Because they are unhappy now, and they are not in the future, uh, and they cannot actually see into the future, uh, they don't have the vision to grasp the good things that God has for them, so they, they're stuck with it. They have to look past. Uh, and so in order to somehow find some kind of relief and settlement in the way they think, they look in the past, oh, what it good? Those, oh, those days good. Actually, they were brutal. They were whipped and beaten for nothing. Uh, they were forced into labor that they could not even accomplish well. But somehow, because now they're grumbling, they look back at that and suddenly that's all good. So their focus is in that. Their focus is nowhere near thinking, the Lord has promised us this. He has given us miraculous provision on the way. And here we are. We're in the land. They should have been excited. They should have been thinking, what would you have us do, Lord? But they had neglected to do what he had already told them to do. And somehow, in their thinking, it, it had become irrelevant. I think there's another thing. And this is actually a very, very serious thing. You know, in, in Peter's letters, he talked about people who deliberately forget. Uh, and there was another issue for them. It was about God creating and, and the flood. Uh, they deliberately forget. People are doing that all the time today. They deliberately forget. You look out there, you can see the handiwork of God. They deliberately forget. So uh, they have to have another reason for it. That's what they do. I've I, I really been thinking about this because can you deliberately forget? See, I think these people have deliberately forgotten what God had done for them. Uh, they've deliberately forgotten that he said, you better get these these little babies circumcised because it's part of the agreement that you have with me. So how can you deliberately forget? Now, some people have more difficulties with remembering than others. I, I don't really think the problem is with memory. I don't think you forget anything, actually. There might be little things in life that are of no consequence, uh, and so they don't even get lodged in your mind. Uh, but I, I don't think you really forget anything that's of any significance in life. I think the problem is the filing system. It really is, isn't it? And there is another problem, is that, that sometimes memories get a little bit distorted. Well, we've already visited that. They remembered slavery as if somehow it was a good thing. They get distorted for lots of different reasons. 
So I thought, well, what, how can you deliberately forget? So I did a little bit of research, and not, not too much, but I, kind of, I started reading about some secular stuff. And apparently, I, some people that study these things, I've, I've, they've recognised that in the human mind, that some people actually do deliberately forget things that happen to them. Now, it's usually for protection, or it, or it maybe it's they don't want to visit it for some reason, whatever it is, whether it was something they did or some, something that somebody else did. Um, now, some of the, let's call them experts, uh, some of these experts say, no, you should never do that. It's not good for you because then you're living in a fantasy. Um, I, and I think that's probably true. It's just that you need to address it and do something with it. But, but they, they have come to this conclusion that actually there is something about the way the mind works is, is that if you set the course to deliberate, deliberately forget something, it's as if it's erased from your mind. Well, yeah, that's really serious, isn't it? Can you imagine that? I think some of these people, they had seen the wonders of the Lord. They'd been set free from slavery. I, I think any reasonable person that had been set free from slavery, they would want to leave behind the slavery, every, everything that the slavery did to them. They'd want to leave it behind and they would go, what a mark of the day. Lord, that, that's done with. That's gone. It's finished. Now, there's a new path ahead of me. Some people will never, never forget that they were slaves. It's embedded. And when they're in that place, they have to deliberately forget other things because the other things which are God's doing, they don't want to go down that route because they might have a responsibility to do something to honor what it is that God has done. And I think there's a fair bit of that around. I, I'm not just talking about society out there I, because they're kind of blind and cloudy in their vision uh, and unless God opens their eyes that's where they remain I'm thinking about Christian people God has done some wonderful things but for whatever reason they are not satisfied so they can't hear his voice his goodness has been forgotten deliberately I'm not sure that there's a lot of hope for that unless God intervenes see it has to be God who intervenes so here's, here's these, these people, all of these families, they're in this new land. There's some unfinished business here. God had said, circumcise. They forgot about that. So they had to be reminded. And in this story, Joshua is the guy to remind them. Now, if you have forgotten anything, and especially if it's deliberate, it means you have put away completely out of your mind that God requires something from you. I'm not sure it's the first thing they wanted to hear because this was going to be painful. And the reality is it should have been done on the eighth day after birth. Now the poor, the poor kid don't know anything about it. And I, 
I'm sure that they gave them something, you know, just to, like a little bit of anaesthetic. But it was done in a moment, finished. It didn't leave any kind of repercussions that were negative. It was done. And there was purpose for it. It was about identity. Uh, it was about the agreement, the covenant that God had made with them. So it was all positive. Not meant to be done to adult men. It's best to do it at the time when God says do it, really, isn't it? Because if it's not, it's still undone. If it's not, it's unfinished business. And there are consequences for unfinished business. There were many who didn't enter in. That's one consequence. Now there's a consequence. There's unfinished business. God has this land for them. He places something ahead of them which is good. It's more than they can imagine. The fullness of the grace of God for them in their day, in their particular time and journey. And God puts that before them. But to get there, they have to finish what is not yet done. And of course that's perfectly proper. But it's a lot harder. Now it's painful. The Lord said to Joshua, get the knives ready. I am not sure that he was the most popular leader at that point of his career. But he did it anyway. Because he knew about the goodness of God. He knew about the purposes of God. And he was all in. So he said, let's do it. <laughs> you know, I, it's not that long ago since when you, you got these feelings and you thought, I best go and get a test. There you were, sat in your car, lined up outside the testing place. And off you went, vehicle by vehicle. And then this, this very kind, compassionate nurse attacks you with a stick with something on the end of it. And you, oh, wow. Well, you did it. Fine, it's not a big deal. Can you imagine this? All these guys, they're lined up. Uh, and uh, there's somebody there with a, <laughs> with a flint knife. Whap. Uh, and we've got it down, it's there in history. They circumcised the Israelite men at Gibeath Haraloth. That's a nice way of saying hill of foreskins. They knew what it meant. So they did it. Now, of course, the unfinished business has been done, but they are not immediately ready to take the land and settle. Why? Because they saw they needed a time of recuperation. You see, this is the way it happens. There's unfinished business. It needs to be done. And God provides the way for it to be done. So it's done. But you're not up and running straight away. It needs that time of just. I've got to be quiet. I've got to be settled. I need to heal of all the things that are related to that past that should have been put away. Because the symbol of circumcision is the cutting off of the old nature in the New Testament is dying to self. It's kind of more in the New Testament. It's not an eight-day deal. It's done now. It's a dying to the old nature. It's total. 
It's not a portion, it's the whole. And when we go and before the Lord, we say, Lord, I got some unfinished business here. I know what I need to do. I need to die to my own nature. And so you go ahead. But there is pain in it. And you're not up and running straight away. You need time to recuperate and rest and consider and recognize what it is that God has asked for, why he has done that, but always looking ahead to his goodness and the grace. So they did what the Lord said they should do. That's always a good thing. And, and God didn't say, right, that's it, it's done now, off you go. Something else happened. And this is really very, very important. Today, this is God speaking now. Today, I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from you. When we have come to that place in our Christian walk, that we have acknowledged the legacy of slavery. See, these people were still, in spite of everything that God had done, these people were still living in, in their mind area. They were still living in the legacy of slavery. They had not left it behind. And God didn't want slaves in the new land. He wanted free men and women. See, that's what the land is all about. That is what the kingdom of God is about. It's about freedom. But in order to occupy it, to find your rest, to take hold of all of the good things that God has, you have to recognize where you come from, you have to own it, and you have to deal with the legacy of it. And that's tough. There's pain in it. But you have to do it. Otherwise, you cannot obtain what God has got for you. And I think this is a massive problem in Christianity. Is that, fine, I believe I've had my sins forgiven. I'm going to heaven, but still living in the legacy of the bondage of the past. It still has claims on the person. It still holds them down. They are not yet free. And the way that God looks at that is, he says, it's a disgrace. In some versions, it's called a reproach. It's a disgrace for my people to live under the burden of the old nature. But he says this, today I've rolled that away. So that's wonderful. That's really what the Christian life is about. That is what God has for us. I've done this. And therefore, you see, God likes to mark things in our life's journey. That place has been called Gilgal to this day. Now, Gilgal means like a, a wheel of stones. He's rolled it away. So it, it, it's like a marker. Uh, we looked at that last time. It's a remembrance but the remembrance is, I, I've rolled that away. It's gone. It has no power. Now you can fully enter in. Freedom is there for the taking. 
living is there uh, for the grace of God uh, to be poured out upon us so that we might not lack any good thing for the sake of God's kingdom. That was the basis of God's uh, prosperity in, in that sense. We, we're not about a prosperity gospel that's out there. That's a whole different thing. That's false. But we are about the prosperity of soul. We are about that peace that rules. Uh, we are about understanding that God gives good gifts to his children. We are about um, God. He does not want to withhold from us every provision and grace which is necessary for living the life of the kingdom. You see, that's where, it, that's where the line is. Is it necessary for living the life of the kingdom? And God said to these people today, no more unfinished business. Let's go for it. And when they obeyed him, they did well. When they didn't, they did badly. The same principle. When we do what God asks of us, we do well. When we don't, well, we get back into the grumbling thing, the dissatisfaction. We start looking back and uh, and hankering after the days that, well, we, we presumed were good when perhaps they weren't, instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus and walking with him, instead of letting him roll away from us all those things that would drag us down so that we can live in the fullness of the freedom of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he is taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at info at truefoundations.ca. Or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.